Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zebra Talk podcast, where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right. I'm talking about the referees. And today I'm joined by one of my favorite people anywhere in the world. Uh, the hilarious, uh, one of my favorite people from Zebra Talk. Uh, he's a uh, one of the mainstays in Finnish uh, professional wrestling, as well as refereeing. Please welcome, close enough, Temu Kirsari. Close, close enough. <laughs> Temu Kirsari, yes. Yes, you got it close enough, close enough. Thank uh, you. I, appreciate it. <laughs> I, I usually go by Tim if, if uh, Temu is too challenging, and often is. So uh, being abroad, it's, it's sometimes Tim the Finnish ref, or, hey. or just Temu. But sure. I... I I, I used Tim in Atlanta when I was there, so I, I I respond to that as well. It's funny. I didn't realize, like, obviously most of us didn't realize that we were mispronouncing your name in our heads, but uh, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. how uh, universally mispronounced it was until we did the <laughs> Q&A uh, series in uh, Zebra Talk. For those of you who are unfamiliar, um, at the beginning of COVID, we did 51-hour sessions with uh, referees from all over the world from varying levels of um, experience and success. And Temu here was, uh, or here, <laughs> was one of our uh, more prevalent watchers and also one of the people that was interviewed uh, or conducted a Q&A for himself. Interrogated. Uh, every <laughs> single person that uh, read one of his comments, we all funny enough, pronounced it the exact same way. We'd be like, oh, Timu, Kitasari, and uh, consistently every single time without fail, Temu over here uh, left a little comment that said close enough. So that's kind of unofficially become his nickname. I was just telling my girlfriend about that earlier and she like got a good kick out of it. Um, but anyway, let's dive right into it. So obviously you're yeah. from Finland. Uh, you're working yes. for FCF Wrestling. You're working for Slam Wrestling. Uh, tell us a little bit about like who you are, where particularly in Finland you come from, how you found yourself into this crazy wrestling world. Well, I live in Vasa, Finland. It's on the west coast, roughly halfway, uh, halfway up the country. Because we are, if you look at the map, I don't know how many of you know Finnish geography, but if you look at the Finnish map, it's a uh, kind of narrow but tall country right. so on the west coast roughly the middle middle of the coast uh, is where i live with my family three children and my fiance and the way i found myself in wrestling is well it's it's uh, in finland there's a there was this time in in the mid uh, in the early 2000s right in 2000 2001 where sub tv there was a small channel that started and they started showing wrestling in the evenings there and like if you ask like most finnish people when was the time like when they started wrestling uh, what what being a fan of wrestling that was when they started like yeah. uh, like a lot a lot of people especially my age is like that was the time when they started watching with the rock and stone cold and all that you know just just just, just at the height of attitude era gotcha very cool and uh, uh for for swedish people the uh, a little detour but i'll get there uh, for Swedish people, it, it started roughly in the 90s when, with the New Generation era, mm -hmm. where many people, because they had their show with actual Swedish commentators, and then they, they did a kind of a lousy job commentating because they <laughs> had no idea what they were looking at. But, sure. you know, the guys were hilarious enough that people remember them to this day. 
And so if you talk to a lot of Swedish people, that's that's where they got started. It's kind of For one me, of the things that you have to like yeah, deal yeah. with a little bit when it comes to like expanding out into new territories and new countries, yeah, new languages yeah. and stuff like that. If it's the first time wrestling has been in the country, there's not going to be a lot of native speakers who yeah, are yeah. wrestling very well. Yeah, yeah. And especially in countries where there's no wrestling culture. Yeah. Then like most people are like, like what is this? What what What's so like trying bomb? to trying to find yeah, trying to find someone, yeah, to understand that's a sidewalk slam, that's a power bomb, that's a whatever. So, you know, the Swedish guys were, you know, one of them was trying to seriously and the other one was just goofing off and half. Like, what is yeah. this fat, fat guy doing here? But and like, I, uh, but, but the detour I was coming to is like, I share both these backgrounds because as a small child, I lived in Sweden just when that was happening. So as a 10 year old, I experienced what the Swedish did. And when I moved back to Finland, I experienced what the Finns did. So like, in a way, those have been like the two early phases before I started refereeing when I when I was in contact with wrestling, but it kind of like went on the back burner for a long, long time. But it like, but you always say an appreciation for pro wrestling. Like when it came to Finland, you already had a bit of a love for it. Like from when you saw it in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was like when. Uh, well, my, uh, like my first memories of watching wrestling. Like I can't remember the show. I can't remember the opponent, but I remember Undertaker. I remember the Undertaker. I mean, it's hard my to forget, brother. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like that's that's the part that left with me, and like we used to collect uh, like uh, not trading cards, but like stickers that came yeah. with the magazines and bubblegum stuff. So, but like with my brother, and he he had a big love for HBK in, in you know, his side, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was something like it was a, for a moment it was like very intense, but then it went to the back burner because it wasn't something like I was thinking about like well, this is what I could do because it's something far away. It's, it's yeah. in the United States. And so, you know, it's like when you think people think like, oh, I'm going to be a Hollywood actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's, almost it's like miles away. Yeah. It's so far away. Yeah, it's so far. It's, another, it's literally on another side of the world. It's too yeah. far away. You know, nothing you even think about seriously. But like, yeah, roughly 10 years ago is when my, my fire for wrestling like really like really started burning and that was kind of like uh it was like kind of a low point in my life where i was like i was single i was really overweight well <laughs> i'm still overweight but i was you know way beyond that and i was like just spinning my wheels not going anywhere not doing anything i was supposed to be studying history like nothing was really clicking i didn't have the passion for it i used to have the passion you know Nothing felt like anything. And I started just, I stumbled into wrestling and I decided like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get the first WrestleMania because I really wanted to see that because as a history buff, I was like, I'm going to say, get to watch the first WrestleMania. Yeah. Once I watched that, I watched the second and the third. And, you know, next thing I know, I watched all, all of them. We went, went to all the rest of the pay-per-views. And then this idea started, you know, shaping in my head, like, you know what? Now I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a job. It's funny when we rediscover wrestling, you know, it it like just becomes so immersive. Like I had a similar experience uh, when I um, first started watching wrestling again in like 2011 or something like that. I uh, just at a friend's house and it was a Monday night. I'm like, oh, Monday Night Raw is probably on. I haven't seen that in like 10 years. I should probably check it out. Yeah. Yeah, back in, straight back in. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it is so weird. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it was like, but yeah, like it gave me this idea, like I'm gonna, you know, quit quit studying. I'm gonna get a job, gonna save my money, and then I'm gonna head over to the United States and get res- uh, trained as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. At that point, I still wasn't like, I wasn't planning on becoming a wrestler. I mean, like even even then, I wasn't. The funny thing is, like that's that's not the part I I've, I've been. Uh, that, that I've wanted to do like don't get me wrong like uh, you know it's it's uh, I mean it is I can, I can see the appeal and I can see as a child especially as an appeal like you know who doesn't want to be a superstar but like as a, as a more as an adult I was like for the first time firstly I'm like I'm 10 years too late I was already 26 by that point but, but I wasn't very athletic to begin with if ever and and it was more the part like uh, because I had background in amateur theater, like mm-hmm. I wanted to become a manager. But yeah. but so, I was thinking like, but I need a foot in the door. So so I need to go get training. And that led me to WWA four in Atlanta, where I got trained back in 2013, the first first three, four months by Mr. Curtis Hughes. Very cool. Uh, was uh was most, there yet? Sorry. Was Fox there yet? Yeah, he was. He was around. He, he was. He wasn't in charge of the school back then, but he was around. Sure. And I got to meet him there, and and, and refereed some of his matches as well there. Uh, I also that remember uh, Jonathan Gresham was there at the time. I was uh, just about to say that school's got a hell of a pedigree. You know, there's a ton yeah, of yeah. very talented people that have come out of there. Yeah, I mean, like back then, like when I when I applied, all I knew was like, oh, Hughes, I know him, and yeah. like I knew he's later. <laughs> Because he's Slater's from there as well, but right. like other than that, I was like I had no idea of the Indies. I had no idea of of, of the other guys. But now, like you know, Gresham, Fox, uh, Uha Nation, or you know Apollo Cruz now. Right. Uh, you you know, know the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The list is is, is very long these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's, a, uh, it's very it feels very cool to be you know. Uh, Damn. Okay. Yeah, even even a little connected with these people. Pretty cool. Were they in your training class, like while you were there, or were they just kind of people who had already learned how to wrestle that you were around? Uh, they they were already, you know, uh, they've already passed the training, and they were more like uh, helping out at, at the school, training the guys and sure. guys like Black Baron. Uh, he was there at the time. He was more of like uh, uh, past his training, but he was more getting learning the production part and the booking and mm-hmm. and like backstage stuff. Uh, uh, in addition to the wrestling he was doing yeah. but like but the more my guys like Gresham they they weren't so much well training so much as just being uh, assistants or you know just well obviously a lot of help because they wanted to give back to the school and and to the new students what was your training experience like did you have another referee that you were learning from or was it like a lot of us where you just kind of like they taught you how to do rolls and bumps and wrestling and stuff like that and I mean you were going in with the intention of being a manager, like at what point did you transition into actually wanting to become a ref? Well, the wanting to become a ref became, came like a few years later, but like at the time it was like, uh, I, I got to manage a, a couple of times, but my first contact becoming a referee was when the, the referee who was a wrestling in train, wrestler in training, he, he got sick. And uh, he, he told me to let Hughes know that he wasn't coming in that day. Huh. And we had like every week we had this, this uh, free show that the students would uh, wrestle in sure. uh, for the crowd to get some experience and practice. 
uh, uh, Hughes obviously didn't appreciate so much no showing, even if they were a little sick. Sure. But like I, I covered it with him and said like, you know, let me do it. I'll do it. It yeah. was just, it was like, you know, I was there to learn anyway. So I was like, what the hell? I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, see I'll referee it. for you. Yeah, I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Maybe I could so, find a career. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Tell me, a little bit about like, your, uh, tell me a little bit about your first match. What was that uh, experience like? Do you remember who was in it? I don't remember my first match. Uh, I, I remember parts of those matches. It's been a while, so they're starting to blend in. But I, I do have them on video, and they're up on YouTube somewhere. But like, I, but one of my most vivid moments is remember when uh, Moose, who, who was training right at the time, there. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, a lot of lot of names there. You keep popping up while Absolutely. we're talking. But Moose was having a match there, and I don't remember his opponent. But he was he power slammed his opponent, and then he went for a pin. And I remember just, you know, I was just staring in awe at the fact <laughs> there was such a nice power bomb. Yeah. And I forgot to count the pin. The move was like, get down and count. Get down. Was, oh, oh, sure. oh, yeah, get down, man. Oh, yeah, count the pin. Count the uh, pin. Have, oh, all right. I have I'm a coming. bit of trouble with that uh, as well when somebody, like, power bombs someone and then they, like, stay on top of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, oh, right. This is like, my cue oh, now. And I'm like, yeah, oh, man, is... that was a cool power bomb. Is he going to pick him up again? Oh my yeah. God! It's a pin. Get down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, uh, another cool. another moment I had is like I in the training I I hurt my my heel yeah. my not 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 my turn but my actual heel when I I took a bump and I landed on my heel and it hurt like an MF for a week yeah. and of course we had to show but I'm like no you know this is what you do you don't you don't quit you. So like I literally worked one one foot standing on my toes, and I think I pulled it off pretty well enough that no no most people didn't notice. But my brother, when he saw the video, was like, "You're walking on your toes the whole time." I can like tell, but like yeah. <laughs> I, I think the most other people didn't notice because I I, I don't know, I, I managed to pull it off pretty well, but like not apparently not well enough for some people. <laughs> but yeah, that was a memorable moment in the glorious early days of my refereeing career. I had a match uh, not too long ago, like before COVID. It was uh, maybe in like 2019 or something like that. I don't remember who it was, but um, at some point during the day, uh, I guess I had gotten a, a metal shaving in my shoe and right in like the palm of, uh, you know, the ball of my foot, it just like- oh, right I, I can see where this is going. <laughs> right at the beginning of the match. And it's like, as I'm in there refereeing the match, like bell rings, oh, what's that? Well, mm -hmm. yes, I'm gonna walk on my heel for the rest of this match. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I was okay, it was fine. Yeah. But you know, just interesting things that you never really expect to have to deal with in wrestling that, you know, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, those are the hazards of live entertainment. Right. Uh, how long after, you know, you got kind of thrown into the deep end, did you decide that, like, this was what you wanted to do from now on? And, like, uh, again, did you have any other referee around that was helping train you, or were you just kind of, like, learning on the fly? Well, it was learning on the fly. I mean, Hughes did give advice, get information, was a lot of help in giving feedback. But like other than that, it was like, you know, other wrestlers teaching wrestlers to be referees. So there was like, you know, no, no referee in particular that that could give any information. That was until 
2015, where like I was, uh, I started like actively refereeing in 2014 when I returned to Finland, and I started with FCF Wrestling uh, Fight Club Finland at the time, and then they only use FCF these days because it doesn't really fit the image. The Fight Club Finland, it's more, it was more rock and roll and uh, uh, you know like uh, underground ECW kind of style early days, but it, it tries to be more mainstream and more, uh, oh, shall we say, more, yeah, yeah, more professional looking and more sports entertainment friendly style yeah. of presentation. So, so like my first in was like, hey, like I pitched them, I, I'd been a manager in, in WWE 4, like, you know, and they said, sure, come on over. And they said, like, we got, we don't have a spot for you now, but like, would you mind refereeing? Like, if you wanna, like, we can, we'll borrow your shirt. And I said, sure. I mean, like, I'm just, you know, doing what I can to, you know, be helpful and, you know, be part of the show and, and get to know the guys as well. And, you know, just wait for my opportunity to become a manager. And well, uh, (laughs) I remember, like I said, like, like the, like in the early days, it's like someone says, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll get you a shirt. Just come on over. So yeah. when I arrived, like, do you have a shirt? <laughs> and, 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 no, they said that they would, they would get me one. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very classic, very classic. So like never assume they got it. Yeah. Always get it yourself. Absolutely. If anyone is listening, always get your own stuff. They, they, they know I never have to borrow. But fortunately, it worked out. But like uh, there was a, a moment that was like, yeah, this is off to a really good start. Like, uh, like all I have is my pants and my shoes, but like no, no, no stripes. But like, but it worked out. I, I managed to get a hold of a pair of stripes, and uh, funnily enough, I it's it's my first pair, and I, I still have them to this day because like the guy who was refing there, I mean, he he stopped refereeing shortly after I arrived. Yeah, he was a he was a professional photographer. Start started doing that. So like. Okay. But uh, but like he, he kind of like gave it passed it on to me so to speak which I which I thought it was a really nice gesture of him. You know I feel like that's something that people kind of like overlook in uh, pro wrestling like as far as like memorabilia and nostalgia and stuff like that the uh, the shirts that we have or like the shoes that we wear and the like amount of miles that have been put on those you know like I I have uh, the same pair of shoot wrestling shoes that I bought when I first started training and like just yeah. the like different uh, matches that I've been involved in and the different companies that I've been to the different cities states like whatever I'm sure you know yourself mm. like you've seen yeah. a crazy amount of uh, different situations with this shirt it's got a lot of lineage to it yeah yeah oh yeah so yeah it- you started FCF they uh, don't provide the shirt for you, but you know you figure it out anyway. Uh, and then it's just off to the races from there. You just kind of accepted that this was your fate from now on, or? Well, let's uh, for roughly a year, I was like, yeah, it's you know, it's it's fun doing this, and I was getting better. I mean, like I was I was crap at the start. I mean, like I, as we all are, as we all are, Some like I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was like it was one of those things. Like you know, I wasn't bad enough that they didn't ask me back. And I was sooner at some point, I was like, "Oh, you're really good at this." And I'm like, "Really? Okay." Uh, like, like, what about my manager stuff? No, no, you're, 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 you know, you're more valuable as a referee. I'm like, ah, of your own damn, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> damn it, damn it. But like at that point, I was still like, you know, still kind of thinking about the whole manager stuff. But like. uh Fast forward a year forward to two, 
2015, uh, and I got to meet Earl Hebner at a at a seminar in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and they were having a they were having a like a big show there, and like Nordic Nordic wrestlers and referees from you know Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark all came to Stockholm for the show, and Hebner held a two day seminar. First day he was like for the for the wrestlers and and others on you know, backstage stuff, production stuff, and, and things of that nature. And on the next day, he was more more for the referees. And he was doing that seminar, like, when, when, in, when I, like, I was really nervous, you know, thinking, like, I, I mean, it's Harold Hebner. It's like, you know, Hebner? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, when I, when, when I, I had my match, I'm like, I know he's watching. Yeah. But like, uh, and so I was like, okay, do a good job. Don't screw this up. Don't screw yeah. this up. But like, and it, it went fine. It went fine. I didn't think about it. I was just, oh, I didn't mess anything up. And then I go backstage and I'm, you know, and I, I know he's going to be in the main event. So I want to go and talk to him. And I was like, you know, good luck in the match, you know, whatever, you know, something, you know, just, just to get to talk to him. And he takes my hand, shakes, and it's like, you're, you're good. You're probably the best one here. Nice. Me. Moi. Yeah, 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 you've, oh, you know, you've talked to Hebner too. Moi. <laughs> but yeah, are you me? But yeah, that was like, it was so mind boggling. I was like, really? Like, you're, you're not, you're not ribbing me. You're, you're seriously saying. It's wild to get that affirmation and that validation from somebody yeah. that you've looked up to for so long. You know, the first time yeah. like yeah. from somebody that you see as like a mentor or role model, that's like, yeah. no, like you could do this. You could do this as a career and mm. as a job. Yeah. You yeah. go from that kind of like, I don't know what I'm oh, doing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing to like, oh. Yeah. And it's sort of like, and there is also like the level of, you know, you, your peers can say like, oh, you're really good. But it's like, it's one thing when, you know, they're here. And yeah. when it's someone from here yeah. and they're telling you you're good, then you're like, you know, they might actually mean it. They might actually, you know, they might actually, you know, just not be ribbing me or, you know, just need a body for the show. They might actually mean what they're saying. So, yeah, it was like that weekend, like getting to spend time with Hebner at the seminar at the show was like, that was definitely like the moment where like, you know, you know, I could, I could like focus on this. I could, I could seriously start doing this because like, well, like, all the all the advice he gave and all the information he gave was like and and the encouragement was you know that was exactly what i needed like they're taking far more seriously and focus on it yeah, and absolutely. don't get me wrong i mean like don't get me wrong like i mean i still have done some a bit of managing and on some smaller shows and still would love to do that but like i focus on the refereeing it's has been far more uh has been far more Lucrative. How should I put it? Well, lucrative, yeah, and a far more like uh, be giving a lot more opportunities being a referee than as a manager. That's kind of what I remind myself anytime I have those moments where you know I start thinking like, oh, what about managing? What about wrestling? You know, like maybe I could wear a different hat or something like that. And it's like mm -hmm. I. I could probably be a wrestler. I could definitely be a ring announcer. But as a referee, like the doors that have opened up for me in a way quicker time than they ever should have. And I'm sure you can uh, attest to this as well. Like the doors open yeah. up when you're a decent referee like that. That's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really, you know, throw away all these opportunities for something that I might be good at. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's called, and there's also like kind of like a vanity thing to it. Like, you know, so I, I could, I could do so much more. I could be a star. Yeah, I could right. be like, you know, I could be on the marquee. And there's like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, we all have that to a certain extent, considering you know what what we do. I mean, and wrestling is the kind of business. There's a yeah, there's yeah. something about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't go in, go in front of a live audience if you don't want to be in front of an audience. Yeah. But exactly. like. Uh, but at the same time, it's like kind of like, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay not being the main event. I mean, yeah. like I, I, like I, I never wanted to be, you know, anything like that. I mean, I, I don't mind having attention. I don't mind entertaining fans. But at the same time, it's like, I'm okay with not being the guy. Yeah. Uh, like the, it's, it's a little weird to explain, but I think you understand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you talked about Hebner uh, briefly. Are there any other referees that, like, you've looked up to over the years that you've studied, uh, you know, people that you uh, consider a mentor now that you're, you know, a lot more experienced as a referee? Who are the referees that you look up to? Well, other referees who I looked up to, like, uh, they're actually more, more uh, would you, current. Uh, than... Sorry, before, uh, not to cut you off, would you consider yourself not to, you know, like, throw too many compliments at yourself or anything yeah. but are you like the senior premier finish referee like is there anybody that's above you in experience uh active no like okay. you know there have been referees before me the mm -hmm. past i mean what is this the past 15 years 15 16 years that wrestling has been in finland i mean there have been referees but they have either you know during a shorter time span than i they have either you know just quit or move on to other other like roles or or become yeah, wrestlers moves on absolutely you can't exactly do this forever um so yeah. let's switch the question a little bit uh what kind of people are you mentoring right now because i know a handful of the people that you know work with you and uh, train under you uh, just from zebra talk and from talking to them online yeah. stuff, but i've never really heard you talk about your students or mentees or anything like that let's hear what you've got well, I, I wouldn't maybe call them, you know, students per se, but like obviously being the senior, like uh, it is almost expected. And I, and I do by my nature, I mean, I, I wanted to become, there was a time when I wanted to become a teacher. I was, I was studying history as to become a teacher. But so I, there is a sort of part of me that wants to, you know, pass on knowledge and information. So, uh, but well, like uh, I have Dominica, I have Juha, I have Rico, uh, but Juha uh, has been around for a few years now. He's, mm -hmm. he, I wouldn't call him uh, a rookie by, uh, by any stretch of the imagination at this point, but like uh, Rico and, and uh, Dominica are, are, you know, completely fresh at this point. And they, I, I think I've, I've managed to kind of light a fire under them in a way. I mean, like not to toot my own horn, but like I, from the way I, I you know, talked to them and the way I, I followed them, you know, on social media as well. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of the guy who like let them know that, you know, you can do this, you know, you know, do more than just referee in Finland. You can get abroad. You can do, you can, you can, you can kind of get a, a name for yourself and yeah. kind of become uh, you know just there's more to it than just you know slapping the mat in Finland you can you can actually see the world you can actually 
you know, it doesn't necessarily it, be the center of attention or the main focus or the mm-hmm. main event or anything, but you can be an actual present member known of the wrestling community worldwide and you can actually yeah. do the wrestling community worldwide. Yeah, uh, exa- you know, exactly, exactly. You're mentioning Dominica a lot, and I, I would love to compliment you and herself as like she's definitely forming quite a presence for herself uh, online. And, you know, I yeah. see the fire that you're talking about that's like, you know, yeah. she's, hungry to reach out everywhere that she can and learn everything that she can as well as yeah. who, you know, isn't necessarily a rookie anymore, but, uh, yeah. same thing, very heavy presence. Uh, and then is it Riku? I think is that Riku. Yeah. Riku. Yes. Also another one of those challenging Finnish names again. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you gotta roll the R. Riku. <laughs> yeah. Riku. Um, is there a lot of crossover between uh, the Danish countries and the wrestling scene? Uh, obviously, Sweden, Finland, uh, Norway are the you know the uh, peninsula, and then you've got Denmark down there. Do you guys all kind of circulate around, or is it uh, too far away to really do that realistically? And you're all just kind of in your own bubbles. Well, yes and no. I mean, like uh, not, the not counting COVID times, obviously. No, they? no, obviously. Uh, you know, during the the back good old days. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> But but like uh, the, well yes and no in a way because like in a way Finland is a kind of an entity onto itself because unlike the other Nordic countries you can't really travel by car from mm-hmm. here because there is there is the Baltic Sea that divides Finland from Sweden except in you know up way up north in the Arctic Circle right. and uh, but from Sweden to Norway to Denmark all the distance you know you can cover it by car and you have a lot more shows within like four or five kilometers, no, not four or five kilometers, but four or five hours from each other. You have Gothenburg, Malmö, Stockholm, Oslo, Copenhagen. They're all, you know, you know, four or five hours from each other. You can do it by car. You can cover them all. As far as but, for the Finns, if you can get to Sweden or Norway, uh, you can get to the rest of everything. But like, yeah, I think Finland is kind of its own little bubble. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, not not just cultural, but geographic, geographically speaking, it, it's been kind of like that. So, like from Finland, you have to take boat or you have to fly, and that obviously puts a uh, damper on things if, if budget is a concern, which it usually is. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like we uh, came up with a uh, some kind of. I don't know, travel grant or charity or something like that. Yes, Actually, yes. that's a good transition. We haven't really talked about this yet. Uh, no. Emily here uh, was the first person that was awarded the Zebra Talk Fund. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Tell us about WXW. Yeah, I mean, like, well, firstly, you know, when I when I heard I, I, I got the fund, I was like, Really? <laughs> really? Moi? <laughs> like once again, it was one of those personal like, I was like, you know, I tried for a laugh, and you know, they're gonna reject. But like, oh well, at least I tried. But like, no, no, actually, you 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 got it. You were the first one to get it for that first month. And like, yours was by and far like the most professional one. You know, we gave a list of like what the requirements were <laughs> for what we wanted. Uh, we wanted a very detailed description of you know what you were doing, where you were going, some proof that. That you were booked and there were a handful of other emails that were just like hey i'm going to blah 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 but like you yeah. actually took the time to follow the steps so yeah of course yeah we? yeah i know it was a really hard process like not don't draw it with crayon and you know sources <laughs> 
I'm going to pro wrestling standards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, source, dude, trust me. I'm going. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I was thinking, like, you know, you know, put in the effort so it might pay off. I mean, yeah. like, this is, you know, a good advice to all of you guys out there. If you're listening, put in the effort, it'll pay off. But yeah. Well, I, I was I was so glad when I when I got the fund because you know I was traveling you know at my own expense to to Hamburg and like and and you know it it did help out a lot to cover the costs and uh, uh, being at WXW I was like you know that is you know it's the biggest biggest company on continental Europe I mean UK is a is a country of its own. It's on a different level, but like when it comes to the rest of the continent of Europe, you know, WXW that is the big one. Yeah. And and you know, in a way, it was familiar. You know, there is the ring, there's the ring crew, there's the the whole shebang. But yeah. at the same time, it was like you could tell, like you know, these guys have been doing it for a while. They do dozens, if not well, I wasn't well, maybe not hundreds, but certainly like you know, dozens of shows. You know regularly and in Finland you can be lucky to get one maybe two shows a month I mean like the, it's a, the scene is very tiny but these guys are doing you know hearing that because like you know I'm, I'm a little spoiled living on the west coast and living in the states like you throw a rock mm -hmm. and you can find a wrestling company you can yeah, get yeah. in the states you know when things yeah. are normal, like five six times in a weekend if you can do double shows like it's yeah yeah, it's just you know, same thing in the UK. To get to the UK, you can you can work every weekend, and you know, probably twice or maybe even three times a weekend, and sure. probably certain weekdays. But like in the Nordics, you know, one show a month because there's only that one or two organizations doing doing shows, yeah. and uh, the crowds are you know, crowds are you know the two three hundred people that we get, and you can't. I mean, there's no point in competing for them. There's no point in having you know. Two shows on the same evening because you're just gonna spill it the crowd. Yeah, makes sense. So you show up to WXW. Tassilo obviously oh. runs a very tight ship over there. Is very professional. Um, you know, a legendary referee himself. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me a little bit about what your experience was like. What was uh, I? You went for a seminar or a tryout or something like that, right? Well, not a seminar. Well, I I, was, I guess tryout is the closest thing. It was more like me trying to like see like getting in contact with WXW and like I, I would really like to you know work for you guys as a referee get more experience and you know just just uh, see us how far we can get with this yeah. and they said you know sure come on over well, like yeah. and and, and I, I, it was just an opportunity to to kind of like measure myself to you know, someone like Tassel has been working you know far far longer than i have both a, not just just in the ring but also in the production and and other office parts and, like and getting his up from like what your experience was with earl hebner like earl hebner gave you that confidence that was like you know you're good enough to do this like legitimately yeah. and then you know you do that and you kind of pay your dues and get reps in for a couple of years and then the next big step is all right i'm gonna yeah. go to the most professional place in mainland europe and see if i can yeah. hang there and apparently you yeah did. yeah you put you put it far more eloquently than i could because <laughs> like because you know i have the you know i have both the fortunate and unfortunate situation being the most experienced referee in my country so like you know if uh, you know there's no one who can give me feedback i can't get yeah. feedback so i have to kind of just to challenge myself and to grow i i have to get out there and, so, and like 
So the, the, it is, in a way, it is fun being the kind of guy like people, you know, from, from Stockholm and Gothenburg want to have me ref and, you know, fly me over. But at the same time, it was like, like, uh, I, I, uh, this is also a way for me to like bring more experience and knowledge back to Finland to hopefully, you know, to give the Riku and Dominika and Juho and hopefully more guys to come. Uh, what kind of duties do you have as a referee that aren't specifically like inside the ring? Like, uh, are you the head of your ring crew? You said like you're imparting knowledge to uh, the other referees, but you're not necessarily a trainer yet. Have you ever thought about doing that or running your own promotion or anything? Tell me a little bit about the stuff that you do involved in wrestling that isn't necessarily strictly refing. Well, uh, I give... Well, outside of training, like the, the biggest problem with the training is, is simply the fact the logistics that I am 400 kilometers away from all the rest of the guys. I mean, like our shows are basically in southern Finland, yeah, in Helsinki and and the surrounding parts. So you I like into when you go to work for your shows. <laughs> yeah, so like you know, it at best it takes four or five hours by train. Yeah. At worst, it takes six and a half hours with bus. Yeah. So one way. So, so you sound so like me. It, that's, uh, you know, when I was working for Hollywood regularly, it was like every two hmm. weeks I was going from San Francisco to Los Angeles, which, you know, was like a 10 hour bus ride. <laughs> Probably a far more cooler bus ride than I went through. I must admit going through, you know, central Finland. I mean, it's not very exciting between the cities. There's just trees. I don't know if you've ever seen central California, but if you're not on the coast, it's all just farms. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no beaches? No, no, no. It's all on the coast, brother. We're a huge yeah. state width-wise. It just doesn't look yeah. like it's so long. Oh well, yeah, I guess I guess you got the same problem. You know, yeah, not so, right? not, yeah. So so, tall, but not so. Yeah. Uh, you head down to uh, Helsinki each time, uh, and then tell me a little bit about like what your day is like uh, when you're working. Uh, well, everyone is basically part of the ring crew during during setting up, but like there, we have a certain group that is in response for that. Responsible for that outside uh, the shows, I'm part of the social media team, mm -hmm. and I'm also kind of like responsible for the referees, uh, even though the training has been arranged by. The training team that I'm not part of, but like obviously during their referee training, they ask me for feedback and, and advice and, and so forth. Uh, during the shows, like my job is to, you know, put the referees for the matches, arrange who, who gets what, so they get, uh, you know, like varying and every title match, and then they can just deal with whatever else is on there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Spotlight stealing squad right here. Uh, <laughs> I hold all the titles. <laughs> no, 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 you you yeah. could do one better. You could do the main event and the semi-main event. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You gotta have a rest period in between. I mean, like, it's what? funny uh, that you mentioned rest period, like. Uh, I wasn't trained like traditionally when I first started in wrestling. Uh, I was in just like a backyard setting and I was the only referee there, but I was there for like more than a year. So yeah. when I actually did go to a traditional school uh, and started working on like real shows, when another referee came in, I wasn't like territorial about it or anything, mm -hmm. but I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. was like, wait, there's another ref? They're like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. 
we do like, that? There's eight we do matches that? on the card. I'm like, yeah, so we're inside. <laughs> we're not out in the sun. Like, I <laughs> do eight matches in like 100 degree weather. Like, whatever, let's do it. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll give you these three matches. And I'm like, three matches? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's so little. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's nice once you like uh, get adjusted to it and you realize, like you were saying, you know, you have a little bit of downtime to breathe and drink some water. Mm. Not sweat yeah. the entire day. <laughs> yeah, you can you can put more you know more oomph when you have less matches. You can put more oomph into each match unless you can you know unless you're Iron Manning the whole show. You gotta you gotta pace yourself. Yeah, and then absolutely. you're like you know you gotta you gotta go with the slow burn here, and then so you have something at the end of the show. But like when you have those two or three, you can go all in. And those have, are the kind of stuff. Uh, do you have a match type that you like to ref? Do you have a specific style that you prefer, you know, like tag or singles, hardcore, whatever? I like maybe this I call me old fashioned, but like I, I really love a good singles match. I mean, like, you know, I like, like, it's one of those things. Like, you know, I've done tags on, I've done hardcore, but like a good singles match, I mean, like, damn, I like that. Those are the kind of like, you know, probably also because like those are the matches like where I can also kind of like, not uh how should i put it or i can also be a little more fan i can also be a little bit part uh, like a part of the crowd i can just enjoy the show in a way where i can't if it's a tag team match because there's too many moving parts mm -hmm. and you got to be focused like 100 percent on that and the more the other way around because like uh i also prefer a good singles or a tag team match to something like for example like i really hate last man standing matches um, okay. like, uh, they're essentially the same for me as like a battle Royal or a ladder match because yeah. I'm just That's standing like, there waiting or like, you know, like, that standing match, <laughs> I'm almost counting to 10 for 30 minutes. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. uh, you don't really feel like you're being, um, utilized, which like, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing because like we're yeah. versatile and we're not the stars of the show, but like yeah. at the same time, it's like, you want to be mentally engaged and like uh you know you can be in those situations and you should be obviously and that's like kind of the test of like a more professional referee like being able to stay engaged and focused and just as involved with a match that you're maybe not so active in oh yeah oh yeah i mean i kind of like a royal rumble match or yeah. like a, a i quit match uh, like you want to quit no you want to quit you want to like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a I, I quit match, but it's like one wrist lock. Like, yeah, I'm totally gonna give up on this first mm. wrist lock of the match. <laughs> break the headlock, break the headlock. He gave up, he gave up. It's like <laughs> I don't think so. But yeah, uh, like but yeah, a, a good singles match is kinda of like because I kind of get to be a fan at at the same time, even though like like from just from a ripping point of view, I think those are also the matches where you can kind of like the referee also gets to shine more because yeah. you know being being less less uh moving parts in the ring uh, the third man in the ring gets a little more focus or kind of more importance to the storytelling so to speak absolutely uh what's the most recent match that you've refed obviously covid has thrown a big old monkey wrench and everything did you ref at all in 2020 have you refed in 2021 yet like tell me what yeah. the most recent thing you did was well, yeah, I, I, my, before, you know, the COVID thing, I was my WXW gig and I got to do, uh, uh, unnamed, un, a certain unnamed star that, you know, wanted to run, yeah, versus Ilya Dragunov. And it was a, you know, it was a real cool match, which, you know, became less cool a few months after that. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah. but, yeah. 
but what are you gonna do? But like during during the pandemic, we had uh, we have had a few Finnish shows, uh, where, and also one slam show that was in Estonia, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think I got to work with uh, George Kukas there, and that was my, that was my latest match it was a uh, George Kukas versus the Estonian Mik Vainula, and uh, Kukas is a, a Syrian refugee that was survived. Uh, being executed by the ISIS, wow. and as a as a refugee, managed to get himself to Germany, wow. where he got trained and is now a professional wrestler and an uh, actor slash model. But yeah, he was like you know he was this close to being executed by the ISIS before uh, like uh, a NATO bomb struck the area, yeah. killing his uh, killing his uh, would be uh, as, uh, assassin, yeah. and so he got to escape. And I was like, hearing that story, I was like, man, I was like, that, that was insane when he when, when I heard that story. For like how you know comfortable your life has been, right? Mm. You know, it's just kind of like a wow. Yeah, you're right. Those things do go on in the world, and I'm yeah. real lucky that I don't live there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know, especially Finland is a is a place where like, I mean, like. You, you can just comparing those. I mean, Finland is like a, a very, very safe place. I mean, like yeah. most people here, like don't have no idea how safe it is because, you know, being in certain parts of Atlanta and you can hear like, uh, you know, gunshots and, you know, uh, rapid fire and, and, and like places where like, you know, people told me when I was in, in Atlanta, like don't go anywhere alone when it's dark. And I'm like, what? I've, I've never had to think that something like that in Finland yeah, ever. Right. Never had to be worried about going anywhere in Finland, yeah. and so like even even in a in a West kind of country like the United States, there are places where you shouldn't go or and you shouldn't be at certain times of the night. And then there's places like Syria. Yeah, I grew up in Finland, places. so yeah, I can definitely relate. <laughs> mm. And then you have places like Syria, which is like you know, hell on earth, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, what's your uh, What's the farthest that you've traveled for wrestling so far? I mean, Atlanta obviously would be the like go-to, but uh, have you done any like serious travel other than that besides like Germany? We've talked about that, you know, uh, like have you uh, done any other big like trips for wrestling? Have you been to uh, WrestleMania before? WrestleMania? Yeah. I have not been to WrestleMania. I hope to be at WrestleMania what, at some point. Was, uh, was, your was your experience in Atlanta the only time that you've been in the States? It is, yeah. I was like, uh, like I vowed myself when I sat on the plane back to Finland that I will be back someday, you know. And I didn't do the Arnold. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do the Arnold. The Arnold impression. Yeah. But like, uh, but like, uh, life kind of threw me a detour because, like, uh, well, I have three kids now, and I didn't have three kids back in 2013. But like, sure. I, I see it more of a. Well, it's just life. Life throws you a curveball. All you gotta do is, you know, adapt to it. But I like I. I have a feeling that I'll be going there at some point or another. Very cool. But like, what well, the longest distance apart from Germany and apart from Atlanta is uh, Isle of Man on uh, this tiny, tiny little island, uh, you know, between uh, the UK and Ireland, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, I and guess they just officially have wrestling there. <laughs> Yeah, they have like one show a year. They used to be like a hotspot back in the good old days with the Haystacks Calhoun and Big yeah. Daddy and guys like that. But like these days, it's like one, maybe two shows a year. 
And uh, I had a few shows back in 2016, 2017, where for Mega Slam Wrestling, I got to meet guys like, you know, Sam Gradwell, who's in the NXT UK now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the guy with the horns from NXT UK, who's not there anymore. Yeah. We don't really talk <laughs> about but like you know, but those were those were cool shows, first shows in 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 the UK, and I hope to have more of those as well because UK is like I said, it's a well, you know, both literally and figuratively a wrestling island unto itself with a very very strong living wrestling culture. So we're talking a little bit already about uh, goals and things like that. Obviously, you've accomplished quite a bit in your time. You know, you uh, have traveled internationally. You've worked with all kinds of, uh, you know, like very uh, accomplished people in your time, you've ascended about as far as you can in your home country. What kind of goals do you have left for yourself? Have you like set any, uh, you know, like long-term or short-term goals once, you know, things are normal? Well, for my short-term goal, I would say like, I've had this for a few years now, is like one new country or one new promotion every year. And I'm like, you know, you know, hell, come hell or high water, that will be, you know, achieve one new country or one new promotion every year. And this year it was Germany. And uh, well, I said last year, but this year, let's see how it goes. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see if we're all alive by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2021 has been a very crazy year already. From right. I started pretty crazily. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like, I mean, who doesn't want to work as a wrestler, um, as a referee full time, do this for a living? Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, like I said, like with the whole, you know, thinking about, you know, going to WWE, it feels so distant. It feels like, you know, uh, like, you know, there are a lot of referees like yourself closer at hand, you know, it's like they don't need to come and get me. But like, I, I don't bring anything like that to the table yet that I think that they, they can't get, you know, closer by. But, but then at the same time, there's no reason that, you know, if an opportunity popped up at, say, like NXT UK, or once they oh, you know, inevitably they're going to do an NXT mainland Europe, like that's going to be a thing at some point. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You're really yeah. uh, an opportunity for yourself. Have you done a lot of television wrestling? Like, are you guys televised at FCF and Slam? Uh, no. I mean, like, uh, Slam has done live broadcasts, but those have been, you know, internet broadcasts. They have not been TV. But like, you know, but done a few live shows with like with earpiece and which is also uh, surprisingly rare uh, in the Nordics, not to mention Finland, having having done that. But it's also very, very fortunate to have been able to do those because, you know, that, that is one of those things people are looking for. The more higher up you go in the food yeah. chain, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, well, very cool. Thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed getting to hear a little bit more about your life and, you know, uh, getting to know you a little bit better. We talk pretty regularly, but, you know, it's something that I've been noticing a lot as I'm doing these that, like, the people that you know through wrestling, you talk about wrestling all the time, but you don't necessarily yeah. talk about yourselves very much, you know, so it was nice yeah, to yeah. peel back the layers a little bit and see what Temu is like. Temu. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like most most of most of my time, I'm just you know sending stupid uh, gifts to Odie, wasting his time with it, and and trying to come up with as silly words as possible to see what gets a reaction out of him. But it doesn't really work. It doesn't work quite the same in, in Zoom. <laughs> uh, I my my face is not emo emoting. Enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Superimposed demo on a superimposed demo. 
I need to get you a shirt that says close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we wind things down, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to plug any companies that you think people should check out. Uh, Obviously mention your own social media, um, any things that you have coming up or that you've done before that you people, uh, that you think people should take a look at. Uh, You got about five minutes, take whatever time to mention whatever you like. On Instagram, it's at FinRefTim. And I don't use Twitter and other social media because I'm kind of bad with that, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn. But, but I'm on Instagram at FinRefTim. And I try to put my, my moments of glory and brilliance over there from time <laughs> to time. Uh, check out uh, FCF Wrestling, wrestling.fi, formerly known as Pipe Club Finland. And then there's Slam Wrestling Finland, which is uh, slamrest.eu, I think. Very I'm going to have to check that very quickly now because I checked and I already forgot. Professional. He's is, got a computer right in front yeah, of him. Yeah, it's, I, I should have it open right in front of him. Slamrest.com, my apologies. It used to be slamrest.eu, but it's actually slamrest.com. Okay. Very so, so those are the ones where, where you will most likely see me stumble about in the ring and try to get out of the way. Uh, yeah, both companies have YouTube channels and most of my stuff is on those. If you need to see more of my moneymaker. <laughs> well, Temu, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate your time today. I appreciate all the hilarity that you bring to, uh, our DMS as well as Zebra talk in general. Uh, you're definitely oh, you're just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, man. You're a breath of fresh air in Zebra uh... talk. There's, you know, some people get a lot of this guy too seriously. There's some people that don't take things seriously enough, uh, but you're mm. right in the middle. It's very nice. Mm. I appreciate it. I, I, I try. Close you're enough. More Close than enough. humanity to the group and a little personality. So uh, thank you very much for being here, uh, folks. Thank you for thank having you. me. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us today on the Zebra Talk podcast. If you would like to support the Zebra Talk fund, you can head over to ProWrestlingFees.com backslash ZebraTalk. We've got sweaters, we've got shirts, we've got hats, COVID masks, all kinds of cool things. You can reach out to me if you would like to uh, suggest yourself for the ZebraTalk fund, or if you would like to, you know, if you are a referee and you'd like to be on the show, the email is ZebraTalk123 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, thank you again for being on here, man. I can't wait to uh, chop it up with you again. And Hopefully one of these days we get to meet in person. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have a great day and thank you for your time, buddy. I do. More